Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions and for today we are not a podcast about music and movies. Today we wanted to open a very brief discussion uh, and talk through the events of the last few days and, and, and really few weeks uh, that have been going on across America and across the UK and other parts of the world. Um, so I, I wrote a statement for this that, that uh, represents the views of Going Through the Motions I'm going to try and read it as if I'm not reading a statement directly to us and, and uh, also my, my spelling and grammar is atrocious, so f forgive me if I stumble over this. I want to make it very clear, Going Through the Motions podcast firmly agrees and supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, those of you that know Alex and I, we are passive and risk-averse individuals. We take pride in what we believe and always make an effort to define ourselves on what we love about things and not what we hate. Unfortunately, some individuals in our society today define themselves through enforcing systematic racism, bigotry and prejudice. These harmful and damaging messages enforce decades of racial discrimination. We're not all born racist. The rhetoric of such evil ideologies are installed into children when they're young and thus grow up with anger in their hearts. And the anger is intent to divide, divide us purely based on the color of our skin. Now, Alex and I are both white. However, we are both of the opinion that by having even the smallest of platform, and it is small, but it's still a platform, and not using it to in some way share this message, we felt would be wrong. By remaining silent and not addressing this subject is in our opinions, to display a lack of support for the Black Lives Matter message. Today in the show, we want to hold a brief forum where we will talk through this topic and share our opinions that back up our statement. We want to use this as a method to learn and to look at how we can educate ourselves better in this subject. So I've, uh, I've broken it down into, I guess, three small parts. Uh, Alex, I don't know if I want to throw over to you and just, and just uh, ask your opinions on that statement there. Well, to refer to a point that you said about us, you know, having our beliefs and about things, we, we've always said on the podcast that we don't really want to talk about political things that are happening in the world. We've talked about the lockdown because you can't avoid all, it. You can't avoid it. It's all encompassing. And we've kind of used it for some comedic purposes because you know it's a ridiculous situation that we continue to find ourselves in and we talk a lot like on the phone and video calls that don't have anything to do with the podcast and what's going on in the world and especially in america at the moment has obviously occupied a lot of conversation and it i think you know i'll speak for both of us when i say it felt wrong to just say oh okay great and what two movies are we going to talk about exactly at the next exactly. at, at the next recording and our first our first idea was to maybe find some movies that deal with this topic and i've seen quite a few social media posts on this topic to say if you want to educate yourself on you know systemic racism in america and things like that then these are some really great movies and tv shows to watch and hmm. 
and I know that I would like to delve more deeply into that to better understand because the other thing you said was that we are both white we both come from probably the whitest if not second whitest country in the world yes are you like, mean Scotland and Ireland Scotland <laughs> Scotland and Ireland it's not that culturally diverse really we've both spent a good amount of time each of us on separate occasions in America and I think that as well as all the news and everything has really prompted us to kind of have a conversation about this I know Absolutely. I feel I know I feel that definitely mm. and I think I'd just like to start with the response of the people in charge to what has happened. So, you know, we're saying that the the murder of George Floyd being the catalyst to the protests that are happening. It was a catalyst for a level of civil unrest that we have not seen in well now here as well because you know you were you were talking about protests in london as well That's but right, yeah. particularly in the united states for for years mm. and i think looking at the news footage and the social media footage and i look at these protests and i look at the response from the government the, the united states government and the united states police in all these cities and i, I look at the response of that and i look how different is this response to the response that they gave these kinds of protests when Martha, Martin Luther King was speaking and marching? That's right. And I think, and I think on, on a day or the day after when the president of the United States says, I think George Floyd is looking down and proud of what is going on, which let's leave that aside for a second. Yeah. I think if you would compare the response between then and now, there is there would not be enough change. No, there would not be there would not be enough change, and that in itself is evidence that there is so much wrong. We are speaking from a perspective of we don't we 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 know we know and understand the tip of the iceberg on on this topic we i know i'm only going to speak about the things that i have seen reported mm -hmm. on mainstream media and also social media mm -hmm. that have particularly upset and outraged me but mm. i totally understand mm. that i do not know the half of it yeah that i do not know how lucky i am that this largely very largely does not does not affect me I want to touch on a point um, that I have here, and, that, and that's the phrase white privilege. Now, the, the first part of this whole thing is that this, this movement over the last couple of weeks, and as you said, the catalyst of George Floyd's death has made everyone around the world really, really look at their own privilege and their own prejudice. As, and, I know, and I know that I've had these very frank, honest conversations with yourself, with Maddie, with friends, with family, um, colleagues, uh, there, there is no doubt in my mind, and, and you made a great point that we, as two white, two white blokes from Scotland, don't even know the half of this. 
but starting to look back at our own lives and through our own experiences. As you said, we both spent a, a, a large amount of time in America. And a couple of the times I, I had, you know, dealings with the police, but both of them for offences where I, uh, at one point, I think I, I was speeding. And at one point where I was in a place, I think I had an open alcohol container, which is very different, obviously, the laws in the UK. Um, yeah. I'll bring the speeding case as an example. I'd, I'd, I'd done a long drive and I was driving up through uh, the east coast of America and found myself driving through Maddie's hometown where I, it was nighttime, very late at night, passed through uh, a roundabout, I think uh, above the speed and, and I saw the blue lights behind me and instantly pulled over. There was a few minutes and then the, the policeman came up to the door and, and we had a chat and um, I'd had the opportunity to give him my uh, my passport and 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 talk about it, and he explained, you know, why he pulled me over. But something that Maddie brought to my attention about this very recently came out. She said, "Tell me now, at any point were you afraid? Were at any point were you worried for yourself in that situation?" And honestly, I I wasn't. She says, "You cannot imagine how terrified some people may have been in that certain situation." to feel that it's the middle of the night in a small town in rural America and they've been pulled over driving out of a downtown area. Mm -hmm. And of course I don't. Of course I don't. But it's very important that we think about these situations and you think, apply that, apply that situation. Think, you know, think it through. We, we don't, sometimes we, we don't even know yeah. What what's going on in other people's heads? You know that 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 would bring about an ample amount of fear yeah. in some people because I, I think let's not let let's not beat about the bush that this this these protests are coming about because there is a systemic racism racism problem in the police force in America. Yeah, and not just the police force in all you know levels of society. I you know what one of the big talking points that i've come into contact with over the last couple of days is actually a kind of melding of the protests as a result of the covid-19 lockdown hmm. and i saw some data that said i think it was the state of wisconsin where the percentage of the population that's black mm-hmm. is 6% mhm Right, which honestly, based on Wisconsin, is a couple of percent higher than I thought it was. Okay, but the percentage of the population that were tested for COVID nineteen that were black were twenty five percent, and there is a reason for that. There's a reason for that. A disease does not target humans based on the color of their skin, but the social circumstances that certain communities find themselves in do make them more at risk to a disease. The The disease does not target color of the skin. No. No, it doesn't. So you have to ask yourself, why is a state where 6% of the population is black are 25% of the cases got COVID-19. And there is a reason for that. There is. Um, I think we'll, I think I'd like to put a link into that because, I mean, ultimately that comes down to systemic racism in society. 
Yeah. Um, there's there's a, there's a very interesting video that I'm going to be linking to that that that, that very eloquently answers that question that you have there, Alex. Yeah. Um, and and again, when, when yeah, you apply, I, I I don't want I don't want to delve too much into the reasons behind this because as i've said i don't fully understand them i'm still reading these articles i'm still trying mm. to find out about it and i would urge any listener to do the same yeah because yeah i don't know i just i just want to talk about the questions that i am asking mm-hmm. to to myself and to the other people you know just the one last point i wanted to make about how why I care about this, you know, relation to me is where I lived in America was uh, Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Lansing, Michigan was in the news a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, because a group of predominantly white militant people with rifles went to protest outside the state capitol building in lansing michigan because of the lockdown and the stay-at-home measures that governor gretchen werter had uh, or whitmer sorry had put in place mm-hmm. and it's because they were you know losing work losing money etc etc and i think everyone can sympathize that loss of work is an issue. But what they can't do, which is what they did do, was barricade a hospital to stop COVID-19 patients from getting the treatment they needed and to stop paramedics from going out and doing their job. Mm -hmm. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. The response that that got from the President of the United States was the governor should listen to these people they're just scared they just they they are scared for their livelihoods listen to them they're reasonable people make a deal this is after a lot of them again showed abhorrent behavior went to a public place and demonstrated there with machine guns and blocked off a hospital let's fast forward a couple of weeks and see a much larger community the you know the black community and joined by you know a lot of allies um, yeah allies as well you know Mm -hmm. it's not just the black community obviously but they are motivated by those same things they are motivated by their economic situation the systemic racism that's there and yes some of it has turned to drastic measures like i described with the blocking of the hospitals but look at the difference in response from the president of the United States. In this scenario, he said, these thugs will not destroy our country. I will send in the army if I have to. Where is the understanding? Where is the difference? The only difference I can see is that this is on a much larger scale. But that should not affect the level of understanding that someone in a position of power exerts over a situation yeah in my opinion i completely agree i completely agree and again that's just that's just in one situation where 
a group of white militants can get an endorsement from the president. Mm-hmm. And in another situation, a community of predominantly black protesters get threatened with military action. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it, it in two weeks demonstrates utter equality from the leader. Yeah. The commander in chief. It, it's, it's, and I, and, and I know I don't want to bring too much into, to, to the, the politics of that. But a strong statement from going through the motions is followers of Donald Trump and followers who agree and align with his message, not just this one, but other messages, uh, are not welcome to follow this podcast. I want to bring another another point. Uh, all lives matter. Yeah. Now, I, I wrote down a point. This phrase actually divides us rather than brings us together. And that is, I guess, scratching through the surface. Now, the all lives matter phrase came because people who were uh, not applying critical thinking to the phrase black lives matter saw this as an attack on themselves, an attack on their person. All lives matter only erupted after black lives matter in the yeah. same in the same way that straight pride only erupted after gay pride yeah if you respond with all lives matter you have failed to recognize that that is exactly what black lives matter means absolutely the two statements in their meaning do not differ but what differs is when you say all lives matter you are you are saying it to lessen the argument of the former what I felt was necessary to do in this situation was to find, was to really try and open my eyes to examples of racism that I have seen or environments where racism exists that I previously did not think that they existed. And we all need to do that to recognize where there is racism and to call it out because the big message at the moment is it's not enough to just not be a racist it you 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 have to be anti-racist and to call out people for being racist and not you know be an enabler just because you yourself are not a racist and there was a post on facebook made by a colleague of mine who went to well both of the conservatoires that i went to uh, in britain the royal welsh college of music and the royal academy of music and both my experiences of these institutions i have thought it to be an incredibly inclusive place where music is a language that crosses cultures and i honestly very honestly did not believe that this kind of racism existed in that society but esther williams an oboist has written a post about some of her experiences that she has exist that she has experienced while studying at these institutions and while working as a professional musician and i'll read some of them out now being black is being told you are not allowed to play a white instrument. 
being black is being ex escorted by security through a performance venue because they did not believe I was part of the orchestra. UK racism is overhearing someone walking past you at your conservatoire and say, how did that N-word get into this place? I apologize, I will not say that word. Being black is being told by your teacher that a conservatoire is no place for you. Being black is finding your reeds have been knocked over and stepped on just before an audition. Being black is not being chosen to play in the orchestra, but to be on their media platform to show that they have diversity. Being black is being told that classical music wasn't designed for you. Being black is having to show your instrument to prove you are not part of the catering team. Being black is fearing to ask lessons from a teacher in case of racial prejudice. And those are just some of the examples that she has given. And I was appalled when I read that because I can see myself very possibly being less than a few feet away yeah. from one of those situations happening and I would have been none the wiser because nobody speaks out. That's, and that's um, something that has to change, in my opinion. That's incredibly powerful, actually. Yeah. I'm going to finish now. And I'm going to say again, Going Through the Motions podcast firmly agrees and supports with the Black Lives Matter movement. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to look at some of the links that we've posted below on this episode. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye.